millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Shift. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for supporting, listening. Um, really appreciate you guys. Just want to let you know that this week's episode is a part one of two. Just because me and the guest went on for so long, we were just having a great time chatting. And she was so great to give so much of her time. Um, the guest is Deem Lumby. She's worked as a film and TV critic, and she's currently an audience editor at the TheIndependent.ie. So she was really brilliant. We actually met in DC and got chatting about how movies and TV shows can really affect you, especially like growing up and how you kind of see the world around dating, sex and relationships and the expectations you get from it. So we talked about Disney, romantic comedies, um, movies in general, how women are portrayed, how relationships are portrayed, especially like the start uh, and not like marriages, how sex is shown as well and how we would like to see more like uh, scenes with consent, like, you know, normal people um the tv show not like normal people just in general but yeah the uh so we chat about that and so in the part one we kind of cover a lot of that and then in part two we talk more about porn obviously because that is also a type of uh type of movie and so we chat about that too and then uh also we chat about our father i hadn't seen it but d saw it so she she gave her um her insight on that so it was really fun and um yeah excited for you guys to listen to it and also, uh, you can follow Deirdre on, uh, she's at Deirdre Malumbi on Twitter. So please go do that. And she shares other podcasts she does. So go have a listen to her on everything. And yeah, I'll just say, I'll quickly talk to you at the end. Just in case you didn't know. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. how it's like, got it, <laughs> that you pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, we're not going to let you be recorded. I, there must have been something that happened, like during the pandemic, or somebody was recording and not telling people so maybe like wonder yeah yeah. maybe zoom dates or something and then they were like okay we don't want to get liable for this (laughs) um okay well i'm just gonna start okay cool um wait how do you pronounce your last name malumbi malumbi okay great so uh welcome to the shift d malumbi thank you so much for doing this do you go by d or deirdre i kind of go by both interchangeably and it annoys people sometimes there have been one or two messages i've got like over the years being like you have to pick one and i'm like no screw you i'm gonna go by both. Yeah, you don't have to pick one at all oh my gosh i am obviously just katie but it blows um irish americans minds because i would say they're more traditional irish than we are in a sense you know so yeah uh because they're always like when i meet them they always like know more the language or more the you know more the like yeah. they're like i did a, a dancing for 10 years what about you and i'm like nah i can't <laughs> dance at I prob- all i probably go more by d like kind of casually and then deirdre is like a bit more professional i suppose and i get called deirdre a lot when people are mad at me like deirdre you know yeah. so i don't like that one as much <laughs> yeah people here are always like to me is it is so is it katrin or or kathleen or and i'm like no katie and they're like but what's on your birth cert and i'm like katie and they're like nah and i'm like yeah it is so if you're mad at me you can just call me katie <laughs> um but thank you so much and we said because obviously we met for the listeners we met in dc uh via serena so the listeners know serena because she's been on the podcast before and uh obviously know her from the tri channel as well 
but um and we thought it'd be great to do an episode because you have a lot of uh knowledge with movies and stuff you were a movie critic for a while yeah that's right so I was actually like looking back at like kind of updating my CV recently and I realized that I've actually been working in media for about 10 years now which is pretty crazy because um my very first experience of like writing uh TV and movie reviews was for my uh college paper when I went to Trinity and then after that I worked with um the Irish Film and Television Network for a while doing um writing news for them so that was kind of Irish movie and TV very specifically and then I worked with entertainment.ie for uh close to six years and that was like absolutely incredible uh writing reviews for them doing celebrity interviews uh like I met a lot of cool people and uh now recently I'm working for um Irish Independent so yeah it's still very much uh in the whole media field but I think my specialty is still like entertainment I still love movies and TV above all things. Um, I talk about them quite frequently on the radio, on uh, stations like RTE here in Ireland, and I do a, a weekly slot on Spin 103 and a few other channels. Uh, so yeah, it's all it's all very good. And I mean, it's always really nice because then when I meet someone new, I think that movies and TV is such a great like talking point um, because everyone's like seen at least one of them. You know, <laughs> so... <laughs> Absolutely. You really get to know a person as well by their type of um, movie interests. And then you get people who are like really into movies or the different levels or even TV shows. Yeah, you can really learn a lot about a person. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's what that's what I love so much about it. And then you've got people who kind of um, like I suppose I'm always interested in seeing as many different types of movies and like international cinemas and like movies from all across time. But then you have people who just have their like, you know, favorite handful of movies that they watch you know over and over again and that's okay too you know um I'm always curious about those people like what are those five and what like you said what do they tell you about me (laughs) sorry what do they tell me about you no 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 of course um I think in when we were talking in DC as well uh, how movies affect us as well so let's say like our movies or tv shows and that when we were saying like how we could use it in this in terms of this podcast because obviously this is like sex dating relationships and sometimes just the chats as well but um I have been thinking that about that a lot especially I think for like Irish people and maybe any people who grew up in a household where it's more conservative uh so I think that goes across most a lot of religions or maybe people who are not um in a very like progress uh how would I say this like I don't know what the term is for a household where they just talk about sex (laughs) (laughs) or dating a relationship. I don't, I think most, no matter what religion or uh, background you're from, it's very rare that uh, parents are comfortable talking about sex and that you get a good sex education. And I think most of us base our sex education or our, what we think our relationships via movies or TV Mm -hmm. shows or yeah. So we learn a lot just from watching the telly. Yeah, it's funny. And I know that you and I were kind of talking a bit back and forth about, um, you know, like romantic comedies, like there were, there, they go like all across time. I suppose there are quite a few that were, you know, really had their heyday. But I mean, even across the 80s, 90s, 2000s, you have romantic comedies and the way that men and women are portrayed, like has really kind of changed and evolved across time. But another thing I was thinking about in relation to this topic is, the whole idea that even as children we watch Disney movies and they have very specific princesses and princes and I think that they've kind of ended up maybe warping even from a really young age our idea of what guys and girls are meant to be like and what those relationships are meant to be so it's kind of crazy that we've actually kind of ended up indoctrinating with certain ideas even from like a young age and that's through like cartoons like you'd think cartoons are harmless but actually there are there are some negative implications there I think no absolutely because I think of let's say for me so I grew up watching all of the Disney movies on repeat I had every single video they were my favorite and I definitely grew up with romantic ideals which is interesting because I grew up seeing an environment where the parents would fight all the time and my mother was like quite violent (laughs) which is funny because usually sometimes people see the opposite but I still was watching Disney like yeah my my the romance is real or it also taught me Disney movies that like I feel like I learned a lot of my morals off it which is Mm. I've thought about this before because um it's very much like if you're good good things happen and if you're bad bad things happen and people want to be good and I think that is a bit 
like it's not true when you get to the real world like sometimes people are just selfish and then sometimes and I think it made me a little naive and I could seeing the goodness in people or the goodness in like bad men because you know the print like the prince is usually a bit dodge and then he becomes nice um and it's yeah it's not and he becomes nice for the right woman you know and it's like yeah it's not great yeah I mean like I feel bad because like obviously you know I got so much out of Disney and I'm still a huge fan of the um, animation genre generally I mean I think that like the kind of stuff that like the likes of Disney Pixar or there's an Irish studio here Cartoon Saloon the stuff that they've been producing in more recent years has been absolutely phenomenal um, I just suppose what I'm thinking of is like the whole princesses princess idea and one thing that always irked me was the whole idea of the princess being passive and always needing to be saved by the prince and I remember like for example when Mulan came along and that might have been yeah. like kind of 19 19- eight or something like that everyone was like oh my god it's a girl hero you know and a Chinese girl hero like this was absolutely incredible but when you think about it that was only out in like you know whatever it was like the late 90s which is like fairly recent in terms of uh time and I know that for example a film like you know Sleeping Beauty has been like revised in more re- recent years with um the whole like um concept of like consent and stuff like yeah. that um and I'm even thinking about like um in relation like for you Katie um you have a stepmother right so was there ever that whole like you know stereotype of the whole you know evil stepmother thing which has been which has also been in Disney for years which is kind of nuts when you think about it I think for me I think for other kids let's say if they came from um what they would have seen as a happy family separated and then all of a sudden a stepmother comes in they might be like more uh easily to kind of go oh it's going to be an evil stepmother and put that stereotype on them but I came from an environment where I clearly knew my parents did not like each other it was better and I always knew that there was something dodge with my mother even if you know as a kid you still love them and you want to but so when I met my stepmother she was lovely one of the first things she said to me was like I don't want you to ever think I'm like a and I don't actually remember this but she told me years later that she was like, I don't want you to see me as like an evil stepmother because I know that's like portrayed in the in the Disney. And I was only like seven. And I said to her like, that's just movies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like there's other stuff that the, the, the other than just the step parent that they kind of like, I guess that kids are watching from like Disney and stuff like that that can affect them? Um, I suppose it's, uh, well, one thing that kind of, um, strikes me particularly in relation to kind of more recent representations is completely unrealistic body types for both men and women but particularly for girls like they just had these like stick thin like characters um and yet they still had boobs which was ridiculous um but and they were so like gorgeous and this was like you know the perfect woman it was just like there was just such a narrow bracket of like you know who you could be and stuff and um one like one kind of problematic one and it's so funny because like I grew up and I absolutely love Beauty and the Beast like I wanted to be Belle I wanted to have the big library uh you know and I was watching the remake uh just the other night I suppose I was kind of wondering in my head if it's as bad as I remember it being and it really is like Emma Watson <laughs> auto-tune singing unfortunately it's not great but like even in the remake they cannot undo the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing like that is still very much uh present in that movie and like I said even though there is kind of an enjoyment with the animation and you can really appreciate particularly like the old Disney like the craftsmanship of it you know the fact that it was like 2d was hand drawn I just think that that is quite amazing but and then you've got the whole idea that like you need a man for the happy ending you know that that's kind of the end of the story um and also like those princes were like when you think about it what kind of personalities do they have they were very like vanilla (laughs) there wasn't like that much like complexity there and they would just like kind of come in and like sweep them off their feet so yeah there were there were a lot of issues I think in those yeah um, early Disney movies their personality was that they were hot and I yeah (laughs) I think that's like a big thing now and I said it in last week's episode but um that uh you know with with dating sites it's making everybody a bit more vain so we grew up where there's like the hot prince and all that matter like the prince is like gorgeous and sixful and now for people it's like you're swiping the best you're going out with the best looking what because you're Mm. of course you're going to pick the best looking picture out of all so it's just yeah it's not and I think with the Disney um 
movie. So you've got kids watching Disney um, and that gives them, okay, so your prince will come save you, especially for women or whatever. Um, and even for guys, okay, I just got to be like, whatever, like, I got to save them or something, some bullshit. But then you got teens watching romantic comedies, which again, it's just about the pursuit and when they finally meet each other. Um, but it's never, there's never about that after point, like, okay, how it's just, you get together. And so no one's watching like, okay, well, what's the, what's the relationship? Like, what's the marriage? Like, what's the journey to that? So I think, yeah, none of, not a lot of them. The majority is more just like the pursuit or the chase. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a hundred percent the issue with the romantic comedies. It is all about kind of the passion and like love at first sight and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I do remember as a teenager, like absolutely loving romantic comedies. Like I'd always go to the next big one. Like I was trying to think of like some that like I went to over and over. And for some reason, just like heaven stood out in my mind um and how to lose a guy in 10 days but again you have those problems of like what happens after um I mean it might have just been the charisma of those um actors but again you've got these like very you know good looking usually like you know quite slender quite toned people uh just you know getting together and I mean you've got like usually a huge lack of diversity as well I mean it's only really since like the 2010s that that's like kind of started um you know uh basically cinema has started becoming much more diverse um I still think that there's a long way to go I mean there's still a sadly small amount of like women-led movies um like I like quite a lot a lot of like classic Hollywood stuff like and I'm talking from like the 1930s and 1940s because you did have like a lot more female-led movies back then um the genre of like melodrama was very like female dominated and it could be a little ott but then you did have like characters played by the likes of betty davis who are just such like you know cool strong women so i don't know i i know i'm kind of like jumping all over the place here but that's kind of the way my mind works when it comes to movies i'm like oh let's talk about that thing or let's talk about that thing um but yeah the 2000s were like a big um a big era for me in terms of movie watching and that's kind of what eventually like encouraged me to like go and study uh movies in college and kind of make a career out of it but I'm absolutely no stranger to the fact that all across time you've got the issue of women not just being underrepresented in cinema but also exploited in cinema over and over again um and I think that Hollywood is still very much um struggling to kind of fully shake um the shackles of that you know particularly with the me too movement in recent years um so yeah 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 I guess um you know there's like what what is it that there's that something oh I forget what it's called where you have to have two female characters who are not talking about dating and ever since I heard about that, I'm like, mm, a lot of the shows and movies, when the women talk, it's usually about dating. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's an absolutely, like, impossible thing to kind of fully let go of. Um, like, I've almost gotten to the point. It's funny, like, I recently, like, um, recorded, uh, I'm currently recording a series of, like, vampire movie podcasts. And we were talking about Dracula, um, and it was the first Christopher Lee one. And in that movie, there are three female characters, and literally one gets seduced and bitten by Dracula, gets killed off. The next one, seduced and bitten by Dracula, gets killed off. Next one. Like, there's absolutely, like, that's literally their only, like, purpose for being there is, like, being, like, a pretty face who's, like, seduced by Dracula. So it's, yeah, it's it's depressing what, what happens in cinema and what has been there across time. And I still feel like it can be a problem in a lot of movies. Yeah, and I think so, like, for young people, I guess, and it still influences, like, uh, it, it influences all ages because I love rom-coms and I'll still watch them or I said on this podcast before that I watched Bridgerton and it's like so passionate and reason why my and Leland's relationship is healthy for me is because it's the one relationship where it's not just all about passion it's not mm -hmm. like a lot of the very passionate relationships I had were very toxic and very possessive and jealous guys which has been portrayed as attractive in movies mm -hmm. so like I was a bit I had a bit of a 
like that's not the calm nice guy who's like oh yeah go out with your guy friend <laughs> who's not worried about it that should be attractive um and movies have us a little bit like confused with stuff like that but um I, with Bridgerton I was like oh my god well, well I don't have to look at Leland across the room every second and it's like <laughs> no that's that's okay and what was another but I still watch romantic comedies and I have to always be like okay it's fun to watch but that's mm-hmm. not realistic you know yeah yeah no I totally agree with you about the whole passion thing sure I'm in like a coming on 14 year long relationship and if you had the kind of passion that like those romantic comedy leads have like it would just burn out like sure you you love each other but like you'd be killing each other like the next moment I just don't think that that kind of passion is like really made to last long term um I mean one thing that I did like in the whole idea of Bridgerton was they were like um, you know, you have to be each other's best friend. Um, yeah. And I do think that films have gotten a bit better at um, depicting that. Like uh, one example um, that I, I mentioned to you when we were talking about this before was I kind of like how in the 2000s to the 2010s, you got uh, more of a trend, particularly I'm thinking of like Judd Apatow movies like um you know, Knocked Up and 40 Year Old Virgin and stuff like that, that the guy could be kind of dorky and a bit of a slacker like sometimes even a stoner you know with kind of Seth Rogen characters um but I and usually to be honest the only thing I don't like about those movies is usually the women don't get a good time because they're usually like oh very uptight and stuffy and over organized but I do like how their dynamic is that they have like a bit of fun with one another and that there is like a friendship there and particularly like you know a movie like you know knocked up where you know she gets pregnant under unideal circumstances and they kind of have to build a relationship from there I actually quite like that and I thought that that was maybe a little more realistic than you know some of the other stuff we've been talking about you know like the Disney movies um or like say the John Hughes movies in the 80s um which you always had and you know that whole trope of the uh, which we'll call it nerdy girl takes off her glasses and is actually pretty I know you were talking about that on a previous podcast but that that does seriously irk me it's just uh. I, I hate that about the Judd Apatow I couldn't even watch that you know that uh, series he had where it said love uh, and it's like this really really geeky and I would find him quite an attractive man and I can't I don't I don't think the majority of women would watching would say mm. that he's an attractive man and that's totally fine but she's like absolutely stunning and and I'm not saying of course you can have and you know you could have someone who's stunning with someone who's not attractive and that's fine and that's the world a lot of the time when people go but it's usually the woman going for the guy's personality we're not seeing a lot of hot guys in movies going for women who are not as hot as them and I, I would like to see more of that uh, you see it a lot yeah. in France okay if you walk around France you see a lot of hot guys with girls who are not as hot as them I don't know why that is but I remember being in Paris being like oh my god yeah <laughs> um, no, that's a that's a really fair point I mean the only example that would kind of come like that I would think of that like um that trope would be something like hairspray but then that also takes its origins from like the Broadway musical you know the fact that like the hot guy kind of ends up with the bigger girl but certainly I'd like to see a lot more of that because we just need to see like more diversity and more like body sizes and types in in film and tv generally I feel like there's still kind of a thing of um you almost get like the kind of like funny fat girl or like you know the skinny beautiful one like where is the just normal looking people <laughs> it's true and it's like um uh the, the hot even when it, they have a movie so all of us listening now can think of like movies where she's not considered hot but they always have to make her hot by the end and it's like mm. like you said take off the glasses and she's like a fucking stunner and it's just I think there's so much so much pressure on women looking then that oh we always have to be we always have to be the prettiest version of ourselves like even now I have like a spot thing on me to get rid of this spot before my show tonight like who's the fuck you know it's like yeah it's just um it's, yeah it is it's and the and men are just and it's funny because the men can be unattractive if they're funny um uh and I think for women in the world you can be you can be unattractive and funny and if you're funny you better make sure you're very attractive <laughs> because I do think still you know it's more men are unattractive and funny and women are hot or they're like not so hot and funny and it's like you're kind of judged if you're funny and pretty I think a little bit um correct me if I'm wrong but I I don't see that portrayed in movies as much 
Yeah, no, it's just kind of a lack of, yeah, it's just, why does there have to be, it's very type-based, I suppose, would be the word I'm looking for. Um, Another trope that I really don't like in movies is when, and I suppose it happens with both the guy and the girl, the standout example for me for this will always be Greece, but when the guy or the girl has to make some extreme change in order to be with, you know, the other person. And I mean, I know Sandy looked hot at the end of Greece. I know she looked great, but like she was really like, she kind of, I don't like that she had to change everything. Like it was such a drastic physical transformation. And I know I remember watching, cause I used to be obsessed with Greece, but I remember watching like the making of, and they were talking about how her taking out the cigarette and stubbing it out was like symbol for like, well, this is showing that I'm not going to change everything. I'm like, yeah, so you're not smoking. Like, yeah, you're taking care of your health. But I, about I, everything else? <laughs> that's hilarious because I would have not read that symbol as that. I would have read that symbol as fuck my Christian background or whatever, <laughs> you know, like that, like I'm, I'm rid of it all. Yeah, no, or I am a bad girl now. That's, yeah. But yeah, I hate where the girl has to to change. And I, I think your things are getting obviously better. Like I watched um. I watch like especially when you see like 2001, 2002 and, and you know and, and comedies and a lot more female comedians are, are doing like the romantic comedies and they're definitely getting I saw a great romantic comedy and I can't remember the name of it. Oh my God. But um, oh, you know, it was funny. I was looking for an old rom-com um, with like uh, just like heaven. Is that the one with the blonde girl? What's the blonde girl's name? It's Reese Witherspoon and Mark Ruffalo. So there's a Mark Ruffalo. I watched that recently and I was going on like an old binge. And so there's a Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Aniston movie that I was trying to find. And I ca- and it wasn't anywhere, but then the same name. And I can't remember the name, Surrogate or something like that. Um, I think the name of the new movie is Surrogate. And it's actually okay. a, 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 a trans comedian. Um, I forget her name, but she was amazing in it. They never mentioned that she's trans as well, which I thought was great. Um, she has the she's a surrogate for this older man and what I loved about their relationship in it he's 15 years older so the whole time you're like they're getting closer and friendlier and like oh no don't fall into this trope of like the older guy gets the girl but it's not they just develop a lovely friendship and it feels like a romantic comedy but because it's a comedy and it there's but it's more like the romance of a friendship and I mm-hmm. thought it was really great it doesn't uh, play into the I'm ruining this movie for anybody who so if you're going to watch this movie skip five seconds they never get together it's just developing a friendship and I thought that was uh, something we don't see enough of like it's okay to not end up together in the end it's okay to just walk away as friends it's okay to 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 be alone you don't need to always end up with a partner is this the one is it with Paul Rudd, the object of my affection or the object of my desire or something? Maybe that was the one I was looking for. And then I don't okay. know how I fell on this other movie. And it was made in like okay. uh, 2020, 2022. No, 2021, okay. I guess. It sounds really like this one. And this one is like quite old, but it's also Jennifer Aniston being a surrogate. oh because that's why I must have typed in sir right now because now that we're talking about it I'm like oh yeah because her roommate is gay and she falls for him that's the one I I think that's the one I'm thinking of that was the one I was looking for originally yeah yeah. and then I also don't end up together in at the end which I enjoyed because I also uh, sorry for spoiling this by the way but it's an old movie so sorry guys um but uh they also don't end up together but it was almost like hinting like is gonna kind of turn straight for her and to be honest this movie was made back in I can't remember if it was like the 90s but I was like they like back then they would have written a storyline like that you know like that's how where he would change his sexual orientation (laughs) but like they were so forceful of the guy and girl ends up together at the end and I remember like finishing that movie and being like really surprised they didn't end up together but I was like oh but this is also more realistic and I also thought like there was a bit of tragedy in the fact that like she did like him but he had to be like look it's not gonna happen um I thought that that was kind of oh it was kind of sweet I might go back rewatch that and I'll watch the one you're talking about as well do the the one I saw is really great and again another great movie and I like as well that they didn't I had no idea that uh she's a trans woman I only found out uh because my roommate was like oh my god she used to perform she's amazing and then he said it and I was like I love that they didn't mention that because it doesn't it's not important for the for them you know for the movie I guess they I guess because she's also a surrogate in it but I mean so yeah now that I think about it I guess they couldn't mention it but still you still it's good that it wasn't like 
yeah I just realized now as I as I'm saying that yeah I didn't for a second yeah. I just forgot I was like oh of course <laughs> yeah. but no that's absolutely that's something as well that's kind of improving in um cinema because I remember like with the likes of um Laverne Cox because I'm just so obsessed with her I think she's so fabulous and everything I've kind of noticed a trend where her characters used to be like oh she's trans she's trans and now like in the likes of um she was recently in that Netflix series Inventing Anna and it wasn't even mentioned um and I just think that that's it, I think that Anna? it's so much better oh, for yeah. that she yeah the, the personal trainer yeah I remember yeah. too uh seeing that afterwards and I was just reading up about the characters and also thinking yeah it's great and um yeah I was about to say Euphoria too but actually they do mention that never mind um and that's a huge part of her character I just totally blanked on that for a second <laughs> But yeah, and then um, what was the other movie? Oh, you know, The Breakup. I thought that was very good because he's a knob in it. I hated the way he was going on. Um, And Jennifer Aniston, Vince Vaughn. Do you remember that movie? You know, I found that movie. I, I did like it. And I thought that it was kind of a very um realistic portrayal of yeah. how a relationship can like gradually break down and just get so kind of nasty and stuff and toxic, but I also yeah. found it really really depressing oh me <laughs> I just too found it so depressing I wouldn't recommend anyone to watch it me too because when I first saw it I thought this is the worst movie ever and I really hated the way he was going on and like she got so angry and all this stuff and I can't really remember much what she did so I just remember I watched a clip recently on YouTube where he's doing this thing that I'm like oh my god I would murder my partner if they were doing that but anyway I do remember in the end that they break up and that they see each other in the street and they just kind of look at each other and it's like a nice but I think that's really realistic because a lot of movies will have them being like shitty and like having a horrible toxic and then stay together or like make up and I think in most relationships when it gets to that point it's not it's kind of hard to come back from I think I think most people would break up at that point yeah like another um I know that unfortunately with um blue is the warmest color uh see this is the issue you always have like these behind the scenes stories that's Celia because apparently like the director was like quite um don't know if exploitative is the right right word I haven't read enough about it but apparently for the sex scenes of that movie there was like just I don't know just not a hundred percent kind of comfort there with what was going on but I do remember the breakup scene in that movie like I was like nearly crying during it because you can see how much they those two women absolutely adore each other but just they've hurt each other too much at this point like there's no kind of turning back and I just remember finding that like really kind of brutal to watch but really kind of beautiful as well and they do have that moment where they kind of meet at the cafe and there still obviously is some kind of feeling there. Um, but again, because they don't force the whole kind of getting them back together thing. Um, see, that's French cinema. French cinema has always been way more forward than Hollywood, even back to like the uh, the early days. Um, I think it is a very kind of Hollywood notion, the whole, you know, everything has to be OK in the end because life isn't that way. It's not always no. OK in the end. And relationships are a lot, a lot of work. So you're also telling people, okay, it's okay to throw a dish and it's okay to cheat and it's okay to be a cunt. And mm. then uh, we'll, you'll all work out and figure out in the end when you say sorry. And it's, that's not realistic. I mean, you, there, you go too far. You, you can't save a relationship from that. And I think a lot of these movies show like really toxic behavior and then it being, it being okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Historically actually cheating on the screen um like when you really start to pay attention to it um I don't know again I'm kind of talking about this from like kind of a classical perspective but typically guys get a lot more allowance to cheat in movies than women do so like I'm thinking of like say kind of um like 80s movies like something like Fatal Attraction like he full-on like had you know an affair with this woman and then she goes psycho and then she has to like die by the end of it and then often what you had in kind of early cinema as well was that if the woman ever cheated on the man she would be punished but the guy if he cheated on the woman would be redeemed and I always thought that that was like a really kind of messed up narrative <laughs> and like message to give and often you'll have if uh with, like I'm even thinking of like something like the Simpsons with Marge and Homer's relationship like he went as far as like kissing uh Midge but sh uh, Marge never went that far uh with uh, your man the French guy and that's another kind of um hypocrisy that you'll see often is that 
the women can't like go as far in their affairs as the men will like the men will go like quite like um sexual and also very kind of um much more of an emotional betrayal I think you know uh you'll often see kind of longer running affairs uh with the male characters I mean I don't think it kind of does anyone any favors to have that be an okay representation you know for either men or women it's just giving everyone a bad message no no everyone a bad rep a hundred percent I remember seeing I thought this was I really don't I actually don't like the movie I don't like Tom Cruise a lot but uh, it was that movie where he's in that cult movie with Naomi um the, the Australian girl, I forget her name. Oh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Ice Kidman. Shut, is it? Which one is it? Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, and the whole yeah. thing, he's totally allowed to do it. He's, you know, he lets himself get involved more and more in this sexy type of cult thing. And then, but even the thought of her having, even the mention of her finding someone else attractive, wasn't it something like that? Like she said, she, she said, yeah, I thought about sleeping with this guy but I didn't and that blew his head like he it pushed him into like going out there and finding someone like sort of I guess what to deal with his ego but would in his head that he's allowed like he's allowed do it and she's not allowed think about it that was that was like that really pissed me off that movie yeah that'd be a very typical example of the standard that's really just become quite a trend like I said it has kind of changed recently like I I watched this um, movie on Netflix. I can't remember it. It was one of those, you know, those like really trashy thrillers that they just like kind of release week on week. And the whole idea of it was like, it was fatal attraction, but the roles were were reversed. But I remember even in that movie, she ends up like just making out with the guy, but then they don't sleep together. But then if you think about it in the fatal attraction equivalent, like they were sleeping together a lot. So it's just like, again, the whole like, I don't know there's a bit of there's a bit of hypocrisy there and I think maybe there's also like a hesitation to make um women who are mothers to like sexual so you might have like kind of the the married father he can kind of go off and have the affair but the married mother forget about it she's not meant to have sex at all only occasionally with her husband and only to have children you know yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just nuts um it also tells men that you can cheat and the woman will forgive you yeah because yeah. I always forgive and then like I remember I was doing this other podcast and I was interviewing um and she's been on this podcast like years ago Wendy Sterling but she said something about how she had this uh client when she was a sugar baby and the guy won and all he wanted to do was eat her arse and he said that he just pays her to do it um because or and for the American listeners eat your ass <laughs> but because <laughs> sometimes they don't know what I'm saying when I say arse but um I'm sure they do but uh yeah, so because he said that he didn't want to, he couldn't dirty his wife like that. And it's like, you're dirtying your wife by going out and paying someone else on the sly like she didn't know. And then this is just like his way of justifying. But it's like to him, she's the mother of his child. So how could he eat her arse? And it's like, just, I mean, if you talk to her, she's probably like, yeah. And even if she's not, okay, then you go without that one thing, you little weirdo. Like, we don't have to have, that's the other thing as well everybody thinks we we can get everything and I don't know if that's from movies or just life now where we're just expected to live all of our fantasies and get everything that we want and so that that was very frustrating I don't know if I've mentioned that on the shift before if I have I'm sorry for repeating myself but yeah that just made me think about that yeah I suppose it is always a question of like how much of this is like subliminal messaging and how much is it like you have to know that at the end of the day it is just a movie it is just a tv show you know, um, like obviously people don't live like that. And a large reason why people go to the movies, the cinema, they see, you know, genres like science fiction and fantasy and stuff like that is because they know that it's not reality and it's yeah. fun to kind of leave reality for a while and watch that. Um, I suppose the issue with like, you know, romantic dramas and romantic comedies is because they are that bit closer to uh reality and because they kind of do play off on like maybe certain types of trends that are out at the time um that they feel more realistic but it it is important for people to remember that that's that's not how relationships work I think that there is still like a very you know insistent trend on pairing people up by the end of the movie like I just seem to see that all the time and I just think that that's a really sad message because I think what's ended up happening is that a lot of people like equate 
being in a relationship to being happy. And I think that you need a lot more than that to be happy. And there are a lot of people who just stay in relationships because they're afraid that if they leave that relationship, they'll be unhappy. Um, even the, even if that relationship really isn't kind of good for them in any way. So I think that there have been certain messages and ideas that we've like absorbed um, subliminally. And maybe it's something that we need to kind of talk about and revise a bit more. Um, Cause I don't think the movies are going to change anytime soon, but our approach to them can, if that makes yeah. sense. No, no, I think that's um, really good advice. I think, yeah. Uh, you know, you like exactly what you said, you watch a science fiction movie, you don't expect to walk outside and meet an alien. So <laughs> if you watch a romantic comedy where the guy is getting her flowers every day, maybe that's not realistic. Um, I think too, and I don't think this trope is in is in it anymore because I think they're trying to step away from it. But the trope was always that the guy pursues and the woman is coy. So and yeah. I, you know, I would have always thought that growing up, you know, and it wasn't until moving here that it was like a very much like a, you play like, no, I'm I, even when it comes to sex was very like, oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. But I'm like leading them into the bedroom. And it's very like mixed messages. But I did, at the time that was like more of a you know, I, I, things are better now. We talk about consent and saying exactly what you want. Um, but I think that that was a big thing in movies where the guy would pursue heavily and wear her down. And then she'd find it like, I guess I'll go out when I'm, oh, he is a nice guy. And that's like really bad messaging because you have guys watching that and thinking, okay, I'll just keep pursuing her and not taking no and thinking like, yeah, that this is like part of the game or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that like I absolutely adored um, the series Normal People uh, for that exact yes. reason is that it was finally we saw like realistic conversations around like consent to do with sex because in the movies, like they're kind of kissing and then they lead each other into the bedroom. And I mean, like there does need to be a bit more kind of give and take um, with regards to like the conversation about what is and isn't okay um you just don't see that in movies they're like you know kissing being led into the bedroom heck sometimes like they're kissing outside and suddenly they're just riding in the bed and it's like yeah. what happens in between you know uh so that's another thing that I think that you know film and tv has kind of like problematized is the conversation around like consent and the whole I think that has also kind of um ended up like promulgating this idea that talking during sex or talking about consent isn't sexy but I mean yeah. it can be sexy it just yeah it might take like a little more work but I mean it's sexy is it really sexy to be like kissing and then jackrabbiting either yeah, you know? no. it's it's sexy because it's just like anything you do with confidence is sexy so even like okay and so like when I said it before about there's two things there's the pushing with sex and the woman playing coy and then there's the pushing to date the woman and the guy not realizing that that's actually become stalking at a point and I think sometimes in movies they show like the wear down but when it comes to the consent thing I thought normal people was great because he just asks like are you sure you want to do this and yes and like that's totally that's not a that's not a moment killer that's really hot I think for most women and it's just a second and like everything even up until now um my and I think in relationships sometimes partners don't ask for consent with stuff and I was watching Breaking Bad and I just started watching Breaking Bad there's a scene in it where he grabs her because he's frustrated and she has the the face mask on and he pushes her up against the fridge and she's saying no 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 and he keeps going at it and she has to push him off and then they continue to have a relationship okay and I don't really like the Skylar character she's kind of annoying I don't even really know if I like any of the characters they're kind of annoying but I like the show but my point is that is not okay just because you're in a relationship with someone or you are married to them it's not okay to just grab them whenever you know that has to be like a uh like a a conversation just because I think sometimes people think that when they're in a relationship they can just like have this like intense and that's like passionate and fine but you still got to make sure that the other partner wants that at that time so just being like I'm you know you could be like I'm gonna grab you now um, if the person is like, mm, be like, okay, I'm going to step back. Sorry. <laughs> Don't just go straight for it. And I think that's another thing too. That's even in relationships, you need to be like, like Leland, if he's going to do anything, if it's like anything we don't normally do, like if he's like, oh, I'm going to put a finger somewhere weird or whatever. He's going to ask, he's going to be like, oh, would you like this? Like, that's hot. And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, yeah. 
communication is really like key on every like level to keeping a relationship going and I feel like sometimes in like films and TV they don't communicate very well or like they're kind of talking to each other in codes but this is exactly what we need to like get beyond and to be honest like I don't know how anybody does the whole online dating thing anymore like I very much need to see someone's facial expression and to hear their voice to understand exactly what they mean like I will even like add a bunch of emojis to the end of text to try to articulate how like exactly what I'm saying so that people will know if I'm, I'm like being a bit cheeky or you know angry face at a van it's like I really yeah. mean it you know <laughs> so stuff like that you know um yeah and and again you just don't you just don't get that in film and tv unfortunately there, there it's funny because um there's like a sexual assault scene in uh mad men um which i'm kind of binging at the moment and in that uh circumstance it's her fiance and he forces himself upon her in like her boss's office because like he thinks it's sexy and she says like no 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 and they actually really kind of effectively show how she kind of just starts like looking in the distance and she just kind of emotionally cuts herself off completely and i thought that that was like really kind of um you know quite tragic that moment and everything but I mean, and maybe it's because, like it said in the 50s, so it'd be realistic. But she goes off and she ends up marrying the guy. And yeah. I just thought that it was kind of nuts, you know, to me. Um, I think a lot of women yeah. at that time would would marry or would make up excuses. A lot of, a lot of my friends and people I've met, um, and I think majority of women have some sort of sexual assault or sexual harassment story. And they always have the excuse that we make up to kind of make it better because a lot of the time you don't want to deal with it at the time and this is like people that I know especially that I've met during comedy and you'll hear them talking about it more openly um and it's more just like yeah at the time I didn't want to deal with it so I was just like whatever I was too drunk or whatever I was like I was too high or you know what he he probably didn't realize what he was doing and it's like years later that they process it and like oh that was like so and you know with that situation it's like oh well that's my my boyfriend or I probably am owed my body to and back to normal people I think that's what was so great and uh, for the listeners of especially the non-Irish listeners they tried to get that off the tv the scene the scene where so in Ireland most majority of parents won't talk to you about sex there's not a great sex education I didn't get one I mean it was like a class and I don't it wasn't good and most people uh, women aren't taught about tampons how to use them I uh, kind of just fucking send you out into the wild and figure it out rather than have a uncomfortable conversation and this tv show uh, like highlighted consent and using a condom and having like healthy sex and the whole rest of the older Irish world just saw like ew they're talking about condoms and ew they're talking about sex let's get rid of it um instead of being like oh well this is going amazing I should show you should be showing your 17 year old daughter like yeah. this is how it should be um, and that really pissed me off because it's finally a good example of consent whereas I think in Ireland we have a big problem and not even just in Ireland but in the world where um uh, people don't really know how to ask for consent or they don't re- necessarily know what is consent or what is a crime especially when it comes to a lot of like you know I had a guy take the condom off without telling me and it wasn't until years later I found out that that's like stealthing. Um, and I'm sure that that guy doesn't know it's stealthing. He wouldn't fucking do it if he knew it was a crime, you know. But it's like there needs to be more this. If you're not going to if you're not as a parent, if your parents aren't going to teach it. Now, my dad's pretty great with stuff, but I mean, most parents aren't going to teach them. Then let them watch it on the TV where it's a healthy one, not this bullshit. Um these other movies that give the wrong like that was the first one that I feel like effectively was teaching people something really really well absolutely yeah yeah no I'm definitely of the camp of like show this in the schools like you're (laughs) you're never too young well I mean like I'm sure a certain age is too young but yeah um I think it's such an important conversation that we still need to have with both girls and guys around the conversation of consent um because I think that guys are as naive about talking about it as girls are um just because we haven't been taught to talk about it yeah like my like when I was doing like when I was learning sex education in school it was literally like the mechanics like penis goes into vagina it was literally like mean girls the whole 
you will get pregnant or you will get an STD and die. Like that was it. Like there was nothing about consent. There was nothing about um, the emotional implications of sex. Like I do think that when you have sex, you form an emotional like connection with someone. It isn't just this like completely like, you know, disjointed thing, you know? Um, I think that that's a really important thing to like kind of highlight and talk about as well. I just think it's such a whole naive thing to be all the whole about, well, you can't tell them about it because then they'll start doing it. It's like kids are going to like do it when they can. And it's better that they know about consent, that they know how to like protect themselves and all of the various types of ways that they can protect themselves as well. Um, But I think I hope and think that we're improving. Like I have a 16 year old sister and um, not that like we talk about sex regularly or anything, because that'd be a bit weird. But she definitely just seems to be so much more aware about all these things and opening to have conversation and so much more critical of like what she sees and hears of what is like, you know, true or not true. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just, you know, really extraordinary. Like it could be like that she's like the youngest of five and maybe she's absorbed a lot of things from like her older siblings because we like my family, like growing up, we were quite an open family, like not that we were talking about sex at the dinner table, but like we were definitely always kind of emotionally very open. And, you know, we might like kind of come to our siblings and be like, hey, this is like something that's, you know, been bothering me. And I think that that's, you know, that was a really good positive thing um, to grow up with. Um, But I don't know if she's kind of absorbed it from that. But also I do think that contemporary media and representation in film and tv it has gotten better but i would like to see i know that normal people is like such a great example but i would love to see that conversation just happening in more film and tv generally like i just i don't think i've seen it anywhere else honestly there's no other example that comes to mind no me neither i think you're right i think it should be a more and what we have to do as well is make sure that the old people don't try to take it off the tv like they did that and tampon ad where it finally effectively showed us how to use a tampon but uh no you're you're 100 right i think um i'm trying to think with with any younger people i do think they are yeah i think they are a little i think you know there's like uh good things and bad things so the bad thing is as well as porn is more available so i think for Mm. young men there's more of a unrealistic version of uh I you know of what sex is um so yeah I think if there were more movies where it has healthy conversations around sex and consent and I think as well like teaching people what is a crime so I want to do an episode about that but like a lot of the time women don't really know like what is a crime and if men knew if we thought young men like hey you know like stelting or like um you know if the person doesn't say yes all of this stuff I think Mm -hmm it's exactly what you said everything give everybody all of the of the information and then let them go about because um right now we're just giving them no information and they're just like getting into an airplane without a license you know (laughs) it's like hoping they'll land it but um yeah again thank you so much for listening and again it's Deirdre Malumbi on uh, Twitter and uh, please go rate review if you want to see the video for this it's on the Patreon so forward slash the shift podcast and I put up like two solo episodes a month there I have to do uh, another one soon so and I put a lot of stand-up there as well and stand-up videos and if you have any guest suggestions please message me and looking forward to you guys hearing part two next week and if you have any like advice you want or topics you want covered so yeah anyway have a great week and I'll talk to you next week